Disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed on Nerdy Talk do not reflect those of Anime Herald. Due to strong language, listener discretion is advised. Now sit back and enjoy the show. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Nerdy Talk, the only podcast where we're striking down Anime Strike every day of the week. I'm Mike Furr, and I'm joined by Lady Rivers. Hi, everybody! And Happy New Year, everybody. It's a brand new year of Nerdy Talk, and we are in a completely new horizon. Um, phasing out the ads, going straight to Patreon, and it's an exciting time for the site. I am loving it so far. And, and as far as anime goes, this new year is great. Oh, man, yeah. It's, this season has already been promising so far. The season, anime strike is dead. Yes. Rest in peace. I want to forget about you as soon as possible. (laughs) Ah, man, I wonder how long it'll be before that just kind of completely disappears from people's memories. The sooner, the better. Amen to that. And for those who aren't aware of what we're talking about, on January 5th, Amazon officially killed Anime Strike. The channel was active for a good part of the day, but all the titles that were marked as Anime Strike exclusive were migrated to Amazon Prime. And basically, their Twitter account, their Facebook page, all their social media presence for Anime Strike just completely shut down that day. Amazon commented on the matter stating... We have decided to move the curated catalogs of Anime Strike and Hero, which was, um, say, Bollywood and Indian programming, into Prime Video so that more customers can enjoy this content as part of their Prime membership. Now, this is a day to celebrate because Anime Strike was always seen as kind of that thorn in the side of a lot of fans because it was 5 bucks on top of a Prime subscription, which for a lot of people meant a double paywall, which... Yeah, no bueno. And it stung. It stung because uh, Amazon scooped up the rights to the Noidamina and Animism blocks, which get a lot of high-test content. So, yeah, this is a day to be happy. And I am. I thought it was a mistake when I logged into uh, my, my Amazon Prime video. And and saw all of a sudden <laughs> the the anime showing up in my recommended videos. It's like, wait a minute, what's going on? And the the news broke, and um, I did a a silly little completely inappropriate for an adult happy dance. It was basically candy for my heart. I think that having a happy dance that day was the proper reaction for all anime fans. (laughs) I I do not know a single anime fan that liked Anime Strike. I had my tablet, you know, and I was reading, and yeah, I was in the kitchen, and my roommate gave me a really strange look, and uh, it was good times. (laughs) Oh, man, I scared my coworker, (laughs) because I was in my cube when the news broke. Um, On social media, I was going through, and LB actually pinged me. He's like, Dude, anime strike is dead. Take a look at this, and I just let out this very audible. Yeah! <laughs> and my coworker's looking at it's like, is everyone okay? <laughs> <laughs> is something 
something on fire? <laughs> Did you lose all your code? Oh, man, yeah. That was... Thankfully... I think we did not lose my code. <laughs> yes. I did get some strange looks that day. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I I hope that this helps people be more um, legal with their viewing too, because I I know that a lot of people went sailing the high seas for this content because they were pissed and they decided that because you know Amazon's going to be a corporate dick about it that they're going to be, you know, they're going to circumvent the law. And I really like people to follow the laws and, uh, you know, make sure that that they're going through the proper channels to consume anime. So on on that front, this is really good news, too. Oh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, you know, creators, some creators throw up their hands and they say, this is your fault, consumers. There's nothing we can do about this, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and then, you know, consumers point at the channels like this, double paywall, and they say, actually, it's your fault. And there's this blame game, et cetera, et cetera. So this is, I think this is a good solution. I don't mind paying the extra $2 a month or whatever it is for this, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's a fair compromise, you know? I mean, on the plus side, I I can definitely just see them charging two bucks more a month for Amazon Prime just because even at 12 bucks a month, it's still a really good value. But charging that $5 on top of the Prime subscription just felt like it was going too far. It was, especially because they've divided so many of their services into separate subscriptions. I mean, like their music channel, a lot of people came to depend on it for uploading their own content and, you know, as an alternative to like iTunes. Um, and they just axed that part of it, that part of it. Um, if you're grandfathered in, you can keep it. But if you're not, then you don't get to do that anymore. Yeah. And gosh what else did they separate out they, they've done that with quite a few of their services though yeah mm -hmm. but it's i'm glad that they're being responsive to it at least at least the numbers <laughs> at least they'll be responsive to numbers oh yeah likewise i mean i'm just i'm glad that they're taking this tech i mean Concerning that last year they had some of the must-sees that were coming through the the channels like uh Linda Lustrous, Anonymous Noise, Mate, uh, Main Abyss. I mean, they had stuff that, let's be honest, a lot of people were watching it and they weren't watching on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because there's only one show that they wanted to watch. I mean, I'm not making excuses for them at all. I didn't watch them at all. Hmm. Um, I but So I'm excited to go back and catch up on some of them. But, um, but I mean, when there's only one show that that you want to watch on a channel, it's it's not you guys. This isn't Disney. We're not gonna subscribe just to see one one movie. You know, like I don't know. Yeah, but they learned. This isn't Disney, and we're not talking about Frozen. Exactly. So Amazon, good to see you. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Thank you. 
and they didn't even offer a good experience for that five dollars a month you know i yeah. i will always complain about how they handle subtitles oh man i hate their subtitles because it's it's literally just closed captions except it's not even closed captions like closed captions have a limited number of characters in the box to make it mm. easy to read and um and closed captions have things for deaf and hard of hearing mm. you know things that they don't include um but for for general subtitles they they translated the things that appeared on as text mm. on the screen sometimes which is great you should do to, in order mm. to get the entire experience but they crammed it all into that box. So if two people were talking in the same um, in the same frame, and then you had two different texts on there, it was all together. Mm. And yeah. so, you know, unless you have a really developed ear, you can't tell who's saying what and which text is mm. what. You know, mm. so <laughs> it was just it was really frustrating as a fan to see yeah i i agree fully i mean i i am one of those people where it's like i'm picky about my subtitles i'm not gonna lie so when i saw that i was like mm -hmm. overlays are the way to go mm -hmm. that way you it's not too crowded you can digest everything on the screen it's a lot easier to tell who's talking if you don't have an ear for, you know, foreign languages. So, yeah. Yeah. Although they haven't quite given up on the idea of channels yet. I mean, they did introduce a Pokemon channel this week where it's uh, three bucks a month for something like 10 seasons of Pokemon and a couple movies. I, um, I don't know what to say. <laughs> and they, they took, they took the seasons down from their digital sales, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, they were available for purchase for, uh, at least up to the day when they announced this. Cause I, I remember doing the math on the costs on everything and. When we went to check in the pre-show period, that it's just exclusive to Pokemon channel now. I hope that um that works out well for them. <laughs> I hope it works out as well as Anime Strike did. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> I wonder I mean I always wonder about the behind the scenes thing. Like, you know, is this the, the Pokemon company's deal? Did they want this? Or did Amazon approach them and say, can we do this? Like, what's what's the mm. deal with this? We can make you more money. Just let us do what we want with it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, at this point, honestly, though, it seems like they're kind of throwing darts at the wall to see what'll stick. Really maybe specific fans will pay. You know, a very mm. specific fan group will pay extra per month. An entire three fifths of what the yeah. other ones paid for lots of different anime. I I think that's what makes me laugh the most. I mean, they're charging three bucks a month for this, and it's 
you're getting literally just 10 seasons of Pokemon. And up until recently, they were all on Netflix. So there's a good chance that most people at this point had a chance to kind of binge through them already. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess, you know, um, parents out there, if your children like to watch and rewatch and rewatch Pokemon, have fun with your new $3 a month bill. <laughs> yeah. And for everyone else, keep on, carry on, just. And if, if you're a big enough fan to not care about that, respect. A agreed. Yeah. I love some Pokemon. I love Not that some, much. But I love me some old school Pokemon. Like Yeah. Oh gosh, I used to watch it uh the the, the horrible dubbed version <laughs> <laughs> on TV when I was getting ready for school. Oh, man, the I first gen. I still remember those. When they called um, onigiri donuts, yeah. Yes, jelly donuts. <laughs> <laughs> donuts, and he's holding up these rice balls, and yeah, I'm this... like, those don't look like donuts. What's going on? They got wise later <laughs> on. They started superimposing real food, like um, American food, over them. Like I think one of them, they actually pasted a sandwich over a giant onigiri. Is that what <laughs> happened? <laughs> oh my yep. God. <laughs> oh I wonder what the voice actors felt when they were recording those lines oh man I, I have to wonder myself I mean <laughs> yeah, it's know. easier now kids to look up stuff on the internet if you don't know what a rice ball is just wiki or google <laughs> on your phone the world is at your fingertips I guess back then, back then we had I don't know dial-up AOL. Yep, back yeah. then. Back then we had dial-up and and Carta. And Netscape. And Netscape, yes. GeoCities. Uh, GeoCities—the <laughs> place where web design went to die. And I know because I had a GeoCities site. Did we all? Yep. It was like the place to go experiment with this new technology. Woo. What's this? Free web space? Okay. Hey. What's, What's that? You're closing? Why? It's free web space. It's free real estate. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, that was... Yeah. That was... uh, and Everybody was like, don't look up stuff on the internet back then yeah you can't trust the internet and now yeah let's, let's be honest the first time we don't know something the first destination is wikipedia <laughs> exactly or google honestly i want to date myself here i feel really old because um my when we were f first going online like the internet didn't even have like a search engine what you had was these were these giant books of just IP addresses and stuff like that for websites. It was basically like an internet phone book. Yeah, good old DNS, right? Yep. 
I I started after DNS, so I mean, I was I was into like uh, console gaming before I got into internet stuff, so I came a little late. Hmm. I was it was definitely after DNS became the way to go, but it's like I don't know, ninety. 97, I think. That started really hmm. spending a lot more time on the internet. Much to my mother's phone bills. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> back when oh I my used, goodness. Back when AOL charged by the hour. So yeah, if you're consuming foreign media and you don't understand something, you can look it up very easily now. We don't have to have sandwiches and donuts superimposed over things like rice balls and, I don't know, curry? <laughs> I don't know, whatever else they did. Seriously. I know, really. It's very different world. <laughs> <sighs> Goodbye, Anime Strike. I will not miss you. Farewell, Anime Strike. I'll think of you once in a while when I'm researching stuff. Then I'll smile as I turn on Amazon Prime. Yay! It's nice to have my anime recommendations next to things like, um... Downton Abbey, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. I love it. It's great. It is. That's why I kept Amazon Prime Video. Mm. And not Anime Strike. Anyway, um... Moving on, our next topic, uh... Will honestly be of interest to a lot of people that enjoy older media, particularly cell collectors. Um, earlier this year, like like early January, a uh, coalition of, menu, of members from the Japanese Diet, who represent the quote-unquote manga, anime, and games group, introduced plans to create what they call a National Media Arts Center. Now, here's where it gets interesting. The National Media Arts Center will be tasked with collecting and storing, and I quote, original editions of manga and anime cells, with the aim of preventing these materials from leaving the country. Uh, they aim to build a state-run uh, building in Akihabara, which would be free to the public and hold exhibitions and provide detailed informa information on various anime-centered events through Japan, but... The big thing is they're trying they're basically trying to collect any and all cells that are in the secondary market at this point if this goes through. And I have mixed feelings about this. Well, I know a few more than a few cell collectors just cuz well, I'm an old fart. Uh but the average consensus has been over my dead body. Yeah, that's understandable. From their viewpoint. Hmm. I'm not a cell collector. So I looked at this article from the... Uh, as sympathetic with the original creators. Hmm. And I, I understand the desire to uh, preserve something that's considered cultural heritage. Um, and... So I I sympathize with that too. Um but 
from from what it seems like the original report it seems like that they're coming and they're the government is going to appropriate this private property and and the the uh the creators are going to have no say about it is that what it seems like to you um pretty much uh because the creators have no say as they've well they've given up their rights to the property to create the anime adaptation in that particular instance so this would be from what i understand purchasing up excess stock from studios stock from collectors sellers independent owners things like that so by creating the anime they are agreeing to let the government come and take all of their original stuff? Well, to be honest, um, cells have not been used for many years at this point. Um, I want to say they started switching to digital in the late 90s, early 2000s was when mm. you had that transition go through. So mm -hmm. basically anything they're picking up now is going to be cells for older shows. Um, so we're looking at I know that I want to say they stopped they switched over to cells in like 2000 2001 so stuff that's like 19 20 years old at this point if not older um the only thing they'd really be able to get from newer productions is uh pencil sketches and line art stuff like that mm -hmm. which it sounds like they it sounds like this might not be as much of a focus because they specifically stated cells in the uh, in the bill here. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, <clears throat> I'll be honest. I find it kind of funny uh, in a lot of ways because for many many years, cells were treated as basically toxic waste. They could not get rid of them, and. Because they use such toxic materials in producing them, the celluloid, um, the celluloid uh, uh, sheets, the special paints, mm -hmm. they couldn't dispose of them in a standard manner. So what would happen is you'd have them either just dumping them out on the cheap to collectors or um, actually my favorite one is... <clears throat> Uh, Animago for the longest time used to sell cells by the bag because uh, Robert Woodhead on one of his trips to license or something like that he agreed to take home some cells and they sent him home with a literal truckload of cells from this show called Free Kick to Tomorrow which was this obscure soccer series that no one watched and up until they redesigned the site in the mid 2000s they were still selling cells by the pack for that show <laughs> wow and now they're being treated like national cultural treasures mm -hmm. I mean there were some that were highly protective of their cells I mean Studio Ghibli keeps theirs in a museum which I can understand mm. Gynex keeps theirs under lock and key the ones that exist in the market today were actually stolen wow um but Toei Animation, Jay-Z Staff, uh, let me think, uh, AIC, a lot of them just end up filtering out because 
let's be honest, uh, they didn't want him, and it was seen as just garbage. What about the original copies of manga? Are they talking about, like, the know. template print, or...? That I'm not too sure about, because it was very vague. I mean, I could see, I could definitely see some merit in that, because first edition manga, I mean, if they're talking collected volumes, then that's one thing. If they're talking actual, like the debuts, the manga magazines, well, that's more nuance because a lot of those old manga books just don't exist anymore because it's just they're printed on newsprint and there's actual in Japan there are, there are actual just garbage bins just for manga like yeah it's it's so disposable you know yeah yeah they're I mean they're magazines exactly not glossy magazines no, it's it's. Uh, I have a couple of Japanese shonen jumps, and they're just cheap newsprint. Mm. Well, even like page layouts are done electronically now. Are mm. they? You think they're talking about like editors' copies, or they might be. If so, then that could be interesting because that's that would be well worth preserving. Yeah. I mean, at the so same time, it's. I don't know. Yeah, at the same time, it's hard to say at this point, because it's just... As American, it's just, it's really difficult to... To justify the government coming in and taking private property like that. I It's hmm. difficult for me. I mean, I understand, but I don't know. It seems like giving them a choice of what they would... Requiring something to preserve, like requiring them to hand over something to preserve, and then... And then letting them, giving them some kind of choice in the matter would mm. would make it feel a lot better to me. Agreed. I mean, honestly, if they did it, like, say... Like, are they going to come into Studio Ghibli and be like, you need to give us yourselves now yeah. for our new library in Akihabara because there might be some <laughs> point in time in the future where your stuff might get sold to foreign countries or something, like... Exactly. I think that's what the the thing that really got me was the, the straight up we want to keep these from leaving the country. It's like, so the basic message is you don't want the gaijin to get this stuff. I mean, I, I can kind of understand how they might see it, mm. see it like, you know, if, they, if they're seen as national treasures, you know, like, like the museums in Egypt, they've been recollecting all the stuff that's left from ancient Egypt. They're parts of their cultural heritage, you know? Mm. I understand why you wouldn't want that to be locked up in some British museum or, you know, in New York City or whatever. Mm. Um, um, I understand wanting to bring it home. But at the same time, the people who created this stuff aren't dead. You know, they haven't been dead for 3,000 years. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, they're, they're people who still own the rights to the, like, the, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You can see I'm kind of all over the place on this, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Make it some compromise. Say, okay, studio, you can give me, you know, five pieces or whatever. And then, you know, hmm. the rest don't come in and appropriate all of them and decide what you're going to keep. 
you know that's just right. wrong too much power i don't like it that or honestly probably the ideal option would be okay we're willing to pay this much for yourselves we can go up yeah. to this much if you're interested but i mean yeah like, studio ghibli they have a museum and they take very good care of their stuff i mean um they have a lot of pride in their production process and they you know they probably do a better job preserving it than any government would but at the same time like like i said like jc staff toei um aic a lot of these i want to i don't want to call them factory studios but you know the ones that churn out a lot of stuff mm -hmm. i mean they went through reams upon reams upon reams of cells, and it's like it became less of a priority. So I could definitely see wanting to save at least some of those, especially from works that are incredibly prominent, like, say, uh, The Slayers, Revolutionary Girl Utena, Future Boy Conan. Uh, One Piece. One Piece. Yeah, because One Piece did make that, that transition from cells to mm -hmm. digital. You're right. But yeah, stuff like that, where it's actually landmark stuff. Because I, I, I'm not going to lie. I don't think people are going to be flocking to Akihabara to look at your your uh, battle athlete cells. No. <laughs> if I'm in Akihabara to begin with, I'll go. Uh, I'll go and I'll have a blank look on my face. Because I still won't know how I feel about this. Mm. It feels wrong. I understand why they want it, but it feels wrong. Mm. You have complete control. I don't know, would you want to be the guy to tell Miyazaki that you're coming and taking his stuff? Like, <laughs> even uh, even if your heart's in the right place, would you do that? <laughs> uh, here's the thing. I would be terrified of Miyazaki because he is a tough yes. man. I mean, let's he be honest. He is. No quarter. <laughs> like. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, this is uh, an elderly man who still works the 12, 13-hour work day of an animator. <laughs> I mean, he retired twice, and he's coming back again. Retirement is temporary, apparently. Yes. <laughs> Retirement is when you take a break. Yep. It's a vacation. So, I mean, I'd be afraid to go after Miyazaki, let's be honest. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I... Uh, forgive the vulgarity, but I, I would... Uh... It was. It would take some balls to be that diet member explaining how you are going to take Miyazaki's yeah. stuff from his museum. I can preserve it better than you, right? There you can. <laughs> it's for the national good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's the door. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time, they best be consulting with someone like Miyazaki and how to do it too. That that's that would be my hope. I mean, if they did this right, I'd have no problem. Like if they got the industry approvals, things like that. Like, here's how to do it. But I mean, the big the big concern is getting that stuff that's completely out in the open. Like, I mean, there are million uh, well thousands of cells that are just in collectors' homes now. Like, I'll be honest, I have a few. Um, yeah. I know people that have cell collections that are in the hundreds. So, I mean, rounding that up, them up, especially considering that you're going to jurisdictions that may not fall under your purview, 
is going to be difficult, if not impossible. Because I'll be honest. There are cell collectors that are incredibly, incredibly competitive. Um, and like, like I said before, they will say over my dead body. Yeah, and it, I mean, I don't, I don't mind that so much because mm. it's still going to be their choice whether they want to sell it back to. Uh, exactly. Back to this, uh, the what are they going to call it? The National Media Art Center. Yeah. Um, I mean, that'll be a matter of choice. Hmm. Just I'm... like any other art people selling from their private collections to museums. And, you know, it's a good place to donate if you need to leave a will and you don't have anybody else that appreciates the stuff as much as you do. It's a safe place to donate hmm. your stuff. Absolutely. To make and... sure that it'll be appreciated. Because, honestly... Cells are very finicky. Um, uh, unless they're in the exact right circumstances, they get something called vinegar syndrome, where the paints and stuff like that just start to break down. Yeah. Which, it's a shame, because they are, they are just amazing, gorgeous to look at, you know? Yeah. So, I... Like, if I could get a promise that, oh yeah, these will be stored properly and properly maintained, then I'd be like... I'd, I'd be willing to say, yeah, take it, because let's be honest, mine are in a dark closet in my in my bedroom right now. <laughs> well, it's good though yeah. that it's dark. Oh yeah. So. So, yeah. so there, there are positives and negatives, I guess. Yeah. I just they could be a little less heavy-handed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. That's just that's just my perspective as an American. I guess I don't I don't like it when governments get that heavy-handed about things like this. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it's chilling, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my first response would be the hell you will, like. <laughs> You're going to come in and, and take my stuff? <laughs> exactly. You could come in and say, I'm going to need a couple of your stuffs to preserve. And then I'll be like, okay, I guess I could compromise with you. But mm. you're going to let me decide what I give. Exactly. <laughs> and that that is much more palatable to me. Oh, Japan. Oh, Japan. Well, I hope it works out for the best for everybody. Mm. And uh, it would be uh, nice if I don't find any cells at garage sales after this opens. There would be no excuse. Yeah. If you don't have anybody to leave your cells to, don't let your kids get rid of them. Nope. You know, <laughs> at garage sales, please. Estate sales. Donate them <laughs> to the National Media Arts Center. I'm genuinely curious if it'll get if it'll actually pass because as of recording time it hasn't gone up to vote yet, and this has always been kind of a pseudo contentious thing because it's going to be an expensive endeavor. Let's be honest. Um, if I remember correctly, the they want to set one up in Kyoto, and it was really 
Yep. It was estimated Why? to cost. Kyoto. By Kyoto? Um, well. Because it's just a tourist destination in general? Uh, it's a prominent location, too. Um, Kyoto is home to a lot of landmark businesses and organizations. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you have uh, the biggest notable one is Nintendo. Yeah. So there are some definitely definite resources there to draw from. But they were looking to spend 11.7 billion yen. Wow. $103,923,327.68 in U.S. dollars. And it almost happened. Um, But it... uh, The Prime Minister got voted out and it just died. Hmm. Well, I guess it'll just depend on how serious they are about deeming anime as uh, national treasures. Indeed. I can... I can understand why they would. It's Mm. very distinct. But... uh, And I... In another... In another light, it's also very interesting because... Anime and stuff and gaming and manga were kind of the redheaded stepchildren of Japanese society for a really long time, weren't they? You know, oh God, yeah. I mean, um, if you were an adult and you liked it, you were weird. Well, manga not so much, but anime has always been. It's like cartoons here. Let's once you get a certain yeah. age, it becomes weird. I mean, the only reason you're seeing a lot of stuff nowadays that's starting to appeal to the older says because it really took off in the West. Um, but for the most part, a lot of anime um, was, yeah, once you hit a certain age, it was like growing out of cartoons. A lot of people just stopped watching, and the ones that did didn't either. They were watching with their families, or they were up late watching these sh- late night blocks because, well, <laughs> let's, let's be honest. Um, yeah. They, they couldn't air them at a normal time. Right. Well, I, I guess that's a good nod. It's a good nod to otaku everywhere. But the the media they consume is now being considered as a national treasure, possibly. It's flattering. That is for sure. I wonder if that's how it'll be viewed in Japanese culture, though. That's good. I wonder myself, because, I mean, honestly, I could see it having... Almost like what we see here in the U.S. where there's this respect, but to a degree. Because, I mean, let's be honest. Um, works like uh, the the old school, like the Looney Tunes, the Merry Melodies, stuff like that are still highly regarded as cultural works. Um, Steamboat Willie, old, old Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, stuff like that is still highly regarded even among adults. But after that, it kind of starts to taper off you know like you have your landmarks but people just kind of look turn a blind eye to it otherwise yeah and i still it is true that people still grow out of it a lot a lot of my um fellow nerdy friends you know liked anime Mm. for a while and then they're like oh i don't like that anymore it was Mm. a good time and they get nostalgic about it but yeah 
I've seen that myself, to be honest. It's it's very common even even among these circles. Like for someone like uh you and me who are definitely older than the twenty something age group to be so deep into the fandom is kind of an anomaly, you know? It is. Well, it, 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 some of the old formulas do get pretty tiresome. Amen to that. We just are deep enough that we happen to see the 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 breezes of fresh air that come through to you. We don't mm -hmm. miss them because because we have our eyes out for everything. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, honestly. I'm not gonna lie, Pop Team Epic has been one of those shows that I, I'm just watching. It's like this is something I've wanted to see for the longest time. Where it's just it's a 30 minute shit post. Let's be honest. I'm I'm gonna be honest here. Um, <laughs> the humor is crass. It's often vulgar, but at the same time, it, there's a lot of clever takedowns of these old school tropes and stuff like that, and it just works beautifully. Yeah. Or shows like. Shows like Drifters that mm. mix up different things. Mm. And I, 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 I like it when, when this type of media uh, allows you to view different things and process different things about reality from such a fantastical standpoint that degree of separation is actually pretty healing to me. It's cathartic because it lets me um, experience like uh, darkness or negativity or even joy or something from a distance that's comfortable. Uh, and I think that's why I appreciate some of the more twisted ones <laughs> so much. Amen to that. <laughs> Whereas the... Uh, Whereas, you know, the the schoolgirl or the 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 Naruto is like the you know, the, the typical um shonen ones that follow follow the same formulas time after time after time have gotten I've I've definitely grown out of those. Oh yeah. So Next up on Black Clover, it's the same thing you saw in Dragon Ball Z, only there's more screaming somehow. <laughs> but impossible I have I, I actually had to turn that show down because I was waking up my waking up my tenant oh my god they constantly scream at points oh my god <laughs> but yeah I can definitely relate I mean there's only so many times you can see say cute girls doing cute things cute guys doing cute things the average I gotta get stronger, so I'm gonna keep training so I can beat the enemy to get stronger to beat the next enemy. I mean, there's only so much of those that you can take before you start mentally just checking out, like... Yeah. But... And to some people, that that formula is comforting, like that hmm. predictability, you know? They experience too much uh, chaos in their lives or whatever, and they can come back, and they it's comforting to them. Oh, absolutely. You know exactly what to expect. But for me, it gets frustrating. I like to be shocked. Mm. 
And I'll be honest, I do like the occasional show like that, but for the most part, I'm looking for stuff that's going to at least, you know, try and be somewhat daring. I mean... Yeah. Like, uh... Um... Mushishi was really formulaic, but it was amazing. Oh yeah, Mushishi was it. wonderful. So, so soothing and... Um... Weird. Mm. How can weird be soothing? But it was! I think that was the hook for me. And I love I love Mushishi. I, I really do. I I would love to get seasons two and three on DVD, but we can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> At least they're available Well, season two is available for streaming. What about season three? I think so, yeah. Is it? Mm-hmm. On Hulu? Uh Crunchyroll, I think. I think only one season is available on... I think only season two is available on, on Crunchyroll, but so, both right. seasons one and two on Hulu. I don't know about season three. All right. Unless I'm I'm thinking wrong. Unless they updated it. See, I could be wrong about the length, too. Let's see. I'll check on Hulu. Oh, here we go. This is why. It's a, it's a double-length season. That's why I'm getting it wrong. Oh, season... Yeah, I thought... So it's uh, 20 episodes instead of... Uh, usual 10 so that my bad yeah but yeah I, I would that's a series I adore to no end it's it's so good mm. I would I would have to spend a lot of time reviewing it to even be able to tell you why I don't even know why, other than it's weird and soothing. Yeah, I that, that's a show that goes beyond speculate, like beyond description in some ways, you know. Mm-hmm. Another one that recently came out that was formulaic that I liked was uh, they just released the quote-unquote complete season on Blu-ray, and I was like, no, or complete series. I wanted more. <clears throat> It only had 12 episodes. Um, Chris Amanga is still going on. The Morose Mononokan. Oh, man, that's on my list. I have to see that still. Yeah. It's formulate, too. But it was really soothing to me. Um, it's It's pretty episodic. The stories are pretty well contained. Um, it's about having your own problems solved while solving other people's problems. And I like that kind of, um, plot line interaction. So, and the, and the characters were likable and, and, and it was pretty, I love the colors in it. The color palette was just great. Totally amazing. So, I'll definitely have to give that one a sh uh, look myself. Yeah. <laughs> for me, formulaic. I still have a deep adoration for Food Wars, even though it's getting to the point where it's just falling into that rut. But yeah. And I mean, Gintama. I mean, I love myself some Gintama. Gintama. That is a show that I can watch all day, every day. 
Gintama follows. Oh, me too. I've watched it literally from beginning to end about three times now. Perhaps. So, yeah, I it 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 helped me through some hard times. Mm. I'm not even ashamed to admit it. So good though. It is. <laughs> it's um. It follows a formula in that there's. A lot of the episodes are self-contained, and it follows the formula that um, you stick with your family, whether it's your actual family or it's the family you choose. Mm. And it's um, it's about not letting the world uh, trample you into complacency with its bullshit. Mm. So it has that formula. But other than that, it's all over the place. <laughs> and that's what I love. I love that show so much. I really do. Yeah. That's why, yes. I'm, that's why I'm so sad that Namaga can't, got canceled. It was basically a, a, new, a Gintama in a new setting. Oh my gosh. I got... It was... It didn't mix up all of the like weirdness like Gintama did yeah. though. Like it had Gintama was weird, and then it got serious, and then it was weird, and then it got serious. But Nambaka was like weird, 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 weird. Suddenly, oh yeah, bizarre it, seriousness. It was literally just a concentration of what made Gintama so amazing. <laughs> and just... I laughed. I laughed when that boot dropped. I was like, oh, oh yeah. the fans are going to be so mad. <laughs> I, I loved the boot drop because I I'm just saying, it's like, okay, so who's going to stop watching this this week? <laughs> Almost everyone. <laughs> Turn to Twitter. What the hell happened here? Where's my funny comedy? <laughs> it's like, nope, this is... You signed on for something from the Gintama team. You're getting your drama. And, you know, it, and I'm, I'm encountering this as I'm, as I'm writing my own fiction, too. Is that people either like uh, single-track, simple characters that don't have any hypocrisy or complexity mm. or they like duplicity and and complexity and and seeming um contradictions mm. there there doesn't seem to be a lot of crossover and that tends to happen in shows too where you see something like nanbaka and people can't take it when suddenly their silly stupid show gets real in a really bizarre way oh yeah like <laughs> and it does get bizarre i mean this is a point where you have a guy that literally just turned into a sword-handed monster basically yeah <laughs> really just yeah really dark and they kept the sparkles <laughs> yeah that was the best part they kept the friggin' sparkles because people and and you know people who like their their simple stuff can't can't handle it they the, the that duplicity so oh, yeah i understand i'm not with you but i understand why you're mad mm. i i laughed though i, I laughed yeah. a lot oh yeah i i did too <laughs> <laughs> non-baka and then warden oh my gosh we can't talk about non-baka i'm sorry people we need to talk about the warden I love her. 
I love her so much. She is amazing. She has that duplicity, too. Oh, God, yeah. Where she's super scary. She's so scary that she keeps the entire prison in line. And then she's just a girl with a crush. <laughs> oh, my God. It was adorable. She, yeah, deep down, she's just a total marshmallow. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's confusing because I'm gay for her, but I'm straight. But I would totally <laughs> go out with her. I don't know. What's going on? <laughs> I love her so much. She's amazing. Yeah, so she's that good, you guys. Check out Nambaka. You might hate it like, I don't know, 75% of the other people that I talk to, <laughs> but it's worth a try. It is. It's it's a great show. Highly recommended. And it's only two seasons, so it's not too long. Yeah, 24 episodes, I think. And if you like it, watch Kintama. You'll get 400-something episodes of amazingness. Yeah. Gintama is a little, um, is, is less bizarre in ways than, uh, than Nambaka because you have the historical fantasy part of Gintama, whereas Nambaka is just, like, it's just weird. Yeah, Gintama at least has that little grounding aspect. I mean, mm -hmm. granted, you have things like the Shinsengumi waiting in line for <laughs> a Nintendo system, just like, dressed <laughs> up like Mario, while... Well, and you got Elizabeth. Let's, I mean, just Elizabeth. <laughs> oh my God, who is some guy in a costume? <laughs> That's the best part. Pretending to be a creature. Elizabeth's arc was so good. Oh God, yeah, Elizabeth. That entire arc was amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you got that, but there is that grounding element. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's it's different flavors. If Nanbaka is a little too like bright and weird for you, then uh Gintama might Gintama is a little toned down from that. Um it has more crass humor, I guess. That also kind of grounds it. Whereas I'm... Nanbaka is just really kind of sugary and I don't know. I'm amazed again with so much crass humor in Gintama. I mean... Oh, oh, the the newest season that's airing... Oh my gosh. Like, they pulled out all of the stops. I could not believe some of the Just you know, you have you have the the episode where Gintoki's everybody has something that's been turned into a screwdriver because some aliens want to fix <laughs> want to fix something, and you have Gintoki's you know dick gets turned into a screwdriver. Oh my god! So when you have something like that happening, and so keep that in mind when I say that this most recent season gets turned like gets turned up like three notches you'll understand what i'm talking about <laughs> and because it's gintama they have two of these arcs with interspersed with such crass humor right before the final 
right before the final closure of the series, which is going to be so serious and so epic that it's completely unrecognizable from the beginning. So, or from the beginning of the season. So that's the kind of thing that you can expect if you if you like to be <laughs> if you like to be heavily <laughs> grounded after experiencing such crass humor. Check it out. Oh god, yeah, definitely. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I'm already crying when... inside. I'll be crying on the outside soon. It's gonna be a sad day when it ex when it finally goes off the air. <sighs> after 15 years. I'm so tense because you know we we all know what happened to the Shinsengumi. Yeah. And. You know, everybody that sided with the Aizu and the Shogunate. We all mm -hmm. know what happened to them. And, uh... And the only major Shinsengumi that survived in real life isn't even a, a main Shinsengumi character. He appeared in, like, two episodes. Mm. Um, so... Yeah, so I'm like, how is Sirachi going to handle that? Is he going to, you know, cut her hearts out? I mean, Okita already survived. He gave his sister tuberculosis instead of Okita himself. Hmm. So he's changed. He's changed a lot, but still, I don't know. I'm worried. So yeah, worried. I, I'm with you. This is going to be a tense ending. I wouldn't blame him either way. Oh yeah, I'll enjoy it either way, but I just yeah, hmm. it's gonna be super intense. It is. <sighs> we we that was a huge tangent. Yes, it was. <laughs> I hope everybody enjoys it. Oh man, if not, they'll watch Kintama, find a love. We'll be back next month. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you find your love in Gintama. Please, if you do, send us messages on Twitter or email because we want to hear from you. We want to hear from Gintama fans. That I, I haven't found many, actually. Mike, you were the main person that I talked to about Gintama. I don't know anybody else. That's a shame. It's such a wonderful show. Yeah. I'm amazed there aren't more concerned that this is a series that ran for 15 years. It's it's kind of deep into the fandom because there are so many Japanese pop culture references. Yeah, but I mean, it, it just strikes me as amazing because uh, let me just give some grounding here. Um, Dragon Ball Z ran from 1989 to 1996. This ran from, it's still going, mind you, for now. But this ran from 2003, uh, 2005 to, well, it's still going. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, I mean. And it does have a really kind of strange mixture mm. of crass humor and intelligence that some people might find jarring. Mm. it gets really real with the feels and it is actually really clever in some ways but there's really not clever humor mixed in there 
And so it it tends to alienate people who are on either end of those extremes, you know, people who don't like grass humor and people who don't like to get intelligent and stuff in their anime. So yeah, that that episode where meta, I guess, is a better word. That episode where they went skiing will always stand out as that <laughs> that one moment where it's like, oh yeah, this is Gintama. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Human boarding, Ningen boarding. <laughs> yup. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, Sarachi Sensei, what goes on in your head? <laughs> I guess we know. Uh, oh my gosh! There's there was a a blurb in one of the uh, the manga, uh, one of the books that was translated, and somebody asked him. One of the fans asked him after one of the arcs, "Are you tired, Sarachi Sensei? Because this this seemed extra kind of strange for you." <laughs> and he's like, "No, no, I wasn't tired. I'm just actually that weird. Sorry." <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I, I I am genuinely genuinely excited to see what he comes up with after this. Yeah, me too. <sighs> oh man. Viz, you need to translate the rest of the manga. Seriously. <laughs> or or, you know, um Shonen Jump's website needs to translate it. Now that it's all digital. Somebody needs to translate this. It's unacceptable that it's not. Unacceptable. There's only 71 volumes. Get on it. Let's go. I'll sub (laughs) just for that. Now, I, you know, I was like, oh, Pokemon, Pokemon, you know, people might not want to pay three bucks a month for just Pokemon. (laughs) I would, I would sub to Viz on, or I'm sorry, um, Shonen Jump online. There's stuff just for Gintama. So, yeah. All right, I think now's a good time to break this off when we start <laughs> talking about Morgan Tom. <laughs> so, till next time, remember, human boarding is a thing, and you have to see what it is to understand what it is. <laughs> Stay time, shiny, everyone. Have a great evening, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>